For people with PTSD, we recommend that you start small. Don't dive into psychological trauma at the deep end. It can be overwhelming and the emotions that arise can be overwhelming. I worked with one woman, for example, on a fairly minor event, but it turned into so my kids took up a lot of my time and attention. I love being with my kids and I, I spent as much time as, as I could. But with the businesses and the kids and everything, I was just, I was drinking too much alcohol. I was eating too much food. I was, uh, I was overweight. I was not very happy. And so the life coach said to me, Dawson. The ultimate compliment is to be considered an asset by those who know you. But what exactly does that mean? And how do we get there? I believe that there is a less discussed approach to becoming a person of value, a person who is successful, respected by others, and fulfilled. It's somewhere between the hustle culture and the ease and flow of manifestation. This podcast is designed to be a resource for the ambitious, the relentless, and the rare who are breaking societal norms, going against the grain, and are open to unconventional practices as we study what it takes to be a true asset in every area of life. My hope is that you'll find this podcast unique and like it enough to share it with a friend and maybe even one day join us at one of our in-person events. Enjoy. Everybody, I'm really excited for today's guest. Dr. Church, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. Well, my name is Dawson Church, and I've been in the writing and publishing field for a long, long time. Initially, I was in the field of promoting and publishing holistic health books in the 1980s, and I graduated from Bailey University, went to New York to do that career, and gradually got more into being an advocate. So especially after 2000, I was seeing energy therapies being used and producing remarkable results, especially for psychological suffering like trauma, psychological trauma, PTSD. Like after the Afghanistan and Iraq wars began, I had therapists coming to me and, say, and saying things like, I worked with a veteran and their flashbacks and their nightmares, and their physical pain, and their hypervigilance, and their dysfunctional cognitive associations just went away and went away in three sessions. And I was like, wow, <laughs> the world needs to know about this. So I shifted from being an observer and a writer uh, and a publisher in the well-being scene to really actively promoting these kinds of, of therapies because they need a place in primary care. And at the time, you know, you go back 20 years or more, and like the American Psychiatric Association published a, um, a, a comprehensive study around that time because the Veterans Administration was trying to figure out how to deal with hundreds of thousands of people coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan with PTSD. And the American Psychiatric Association did a comprehensive, what's called literature review of all the scientific research that there was. And they said that PTSD is untreatable, uncurable, and usually gets worse. It was a really bleak review. And I was hearing these stories at the same time of people getting better, experiencing getting much better myself. My own PTSD from my childhood began to just 
fall apart and go away. And I just I was no longer troubled by by nightmares, for example. I used to think that that's what, what happened when, when you went to sleep. You went to sleep and then you had a nightmare and then another nightmare and you woke up in the morning with and finally got to open your eyes and put all the nightmares behind you. I discovered that that's not normal and that you can wake up in the morning feeling totally refreshed after having had wonderful dreams all night long. So it, it affected me. I then began to... Um, pursue getting it well known. I raised money. I put together research teams. I founded a nonprofit called the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare. We in turn, after we had the first few studies, developed a project called the Veterans Stress Solution and began to get this to veterans because initially it wasn't approved by, by the government. And in fact, it took 10 years to get it approved by the VA. But now it's approved by the VA and estimated 40 million people worldwide practice these stress reduction techniques. So it's become a huge thing. And so I split my time between writing, I, I write books, I train people in these techniques. I, I certify people, I train them. We have the world's preeminent training program in these kinds of evidence-based energy methods. And again, we've now seen literally tens of thousands of people just release all that suffering that used to inhibit their potential. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm writing, I'm doing podcasts, I'm, I'm really getting the word out there, both through official channels into Kaiser Permanente, into the VA, and all kinds of other um, primary care settings, and also just public understanding of the fact that we don't have to suffer that way anymore. We have the ability to release much of the mental health inhibition, all the anxiety, the depression, the traumatic stress that inhibits our full potential. So I just am having a blast, waking up every morning. I, I meditate every morning, autumn. I, I enter that wonderful space of connection with you all it is. I then go to what I think of as work, but really it's just play, where you're sharing what you're doing with other people. And I just uh, am so thrilled to be part of this whole healing movement. And it's radically transforming both psychology and medicine. So that's sort of where what, where I am in the cusp of, of what I see as priorities and what I do with my days. Well, I love it. And I have so many questions. And it's, it's just so wonderful to have you on here because we have so many you know, veterans and first responders that listen to this podcast who suffer with PTSD. I myself was diagnosed with PTSD and an anxiety disorder. And so I am very interested in hearing, like, what are some of your healing modalities? What, what are you up to? Like, what are you teaching? Well, there are lots of pieces of advice you'll get and approaches people recommend. And what science does is we put those through the lens of testing. And so what you want to do is find evidence-based techniques. And again, back there in you know, 20 years ago plus, the American Psychiatric Association said pretty much, you know, intensive psychotherapy may stabilize people. It's going to be medication. Now we have so much research showing that physical somatic methods can heal PTSD. And those are methods that keep people in the body. PTSD is a disorder that involves memory. Something bad happened. If it's complex PTSD, if it's early childhood PTSD, then that bad stuff happened when you were one or two or three or four or five. If it's adult PTSD, sometimes single incident PTSD, sometimes multi-incident PTSD, that's the terrible um, 
the divorce of your parents when you were 12 or the car crash when you were 18 or losing your job or your mortgage being underwater in 2008. So any of these things can lead to PTSD as adults. And so um, what people do, what kids do, let me take a step back here. So uh, there was a one, one of the men that I worked with, he was in his 40s and he had this narrative, this view of the world that you can't trust people. The world's not a safe place. You can't trust the people around you. And we traced it back in a session to an event that happened when he was only six years old. And in that event, his big brother had dunked his head underwater. Their family was at the beach. They were there on, on a vacation. He was playing in the, in the water with his brother and his parents were close by. He was having a wonderful time with his big brother who he loved. And suddenly his brother, brother dunked him. Now he the kid was really thrown by that, but his brother let him up in a moment and he took another deep breath. Then his brother grabbed him by the hair, held him down, and he his brother didn't let him up again. And the little boy, the six-year-old, was struggling. He was flailing about trying to get out of his brother's grasp. He couldn't escape his brother. He opened his mouth to try and get help from his parents who were close by, and he got a huge lung full of water, water filled with sinus cavities, and he began to black out, pass out. And finally, his brother let him go, and he ran away. Again, that is a, a life-changing event. There was a perceived threat to physical survival. There was a sense of helplessness. There was an attempt to, to get help, to pull away, to evade the bully. He couldn't do it. He was just trapped there. And so that's trauma that sinks into the body. And then the people who get traumatized that way tend to then do something really adaptive, which is that they form what we call a capsule around the memory. They wrap it up in a little bundle because he can't leave at six years old. He can't move away to, to Des Moines. He can't get away out of, out of the house. He's going to live with his brother who's bullying him. And his parents were pretty indifferent. So what he does is he put a little, puts a little amnesia capsule around that event and buries it, buries it in his muscles, buries it in, in his subconscious mind, but it's there. And so I have a friend called Rick Hansen who wrote a book called Buddha's Brain. And Rick has said to me several times, Dawson, I grew up in a very functional family. I had nice parents and nice, nice siblings. We had an ideal childhood. Why? By the time I was in college, was I anxious and hypervigilant? What happened to me? And the answer is probably had Rick has trauma capsules buried in his subconscious, and now they're starting to surface. So that's the adaptive function of dissociation. We dissociate at six years old, at four years old, at two years old, by shoving the stuff into our subconscious minds. We can't deal with it consciously. We don't have cognitive tools. We we shove it down there. It's the most adaptive thing, the most useful thing we can do to handle trauma at two, three, five, six, seven, eight years old. The problem is, is that that dissociation means we aren't in touch with our feelings and with all of the unhealed material in that trauma capsule. And people who have PTSD, like one, one of my colleagues in at Fort Hood, a psychologist there says, they're dissociating still. Now they're 35 years old, they're in combat, and they're still dissociating. 
and they come back and they're with their their kids and they're with their wife and they're dissociating they're with their job and they're dissociating they're still using these childhood ways methods of coping with trauma and so we have to learn and science shows us that if you are able to re-experience the trauma and not dissociate you stay in your body then you can heal joseph wolpe was a great psychiatrist who discovered this after world war ii he found that if you just keep those world war ii american soldiers who'd been in d at d-day and he, he found if he could have them just focus on the body focus on the breath while they relived the trauma while they broke open the trauma capsule of being on omaha beach if they could stay in the body and breathe that they move through PTSD. So wow. we use breath work, we use tapping on acupuncture points, that's really effective. Acupuncture is effective, yoga therapies, all of these have in common is that they keep you in your body while you re-experience the trauma. And if you do that, you break the association between having the memory and going to fight or flight. And once you do that one time, once your body figures out one time, oh, I was in the firefight in Iraq, in, at the Battle of Fallujah in 2004, and that was then, and now is now. And you can tell the difference between then and now. You're no longer stuck in the dissociative capsule. You're processing it and staying in your body. Mm. Then people tend to recover. So that's the commonality to all these new treatments for trauma. They're body-based. Okay, and that's so we are we. If you if my listeners have been with me for any amount of time, they're pretty familiar with EFT tapping. Um, we've had Nick and Jessica Ortner on the podcast. They're wonderful. Um, what would you say, like somebody who's just listening and they're like, okay, I resonate. I've got PTSD. I resonate with what Dr. Church is saying. What would be like their first step for somebody like to begin healing? What would you say the first step would be? For people with PTSD, we recommend that you start small. Don't dive into psychological trauma at the deep end. It can be overwhelming and the emotions that arise can be overwhelming. I worked with one woman, for example, on a fairly minor event, but it turned into a conduit to a major series of, of, of losses in her life. And she just got totally flooded. So I was sitting there there with her at a workshop with a whole bunch of people in the audience and we were tapping together and she became emotionally flooded and she couldn't even talk and then she couldn't even tap she just sat there crying staring at me and crying so now when you're with a trained professional that's totally okay i led her through i kept the the session moving i just said don't say anything just watch me and i'll tap now, I know mirror neurons are firing in her brain. So she's watching me. And so she's getting some little bit of relief from this. And then after a few minutes, she was able to start tapping again. She was able to start talking and start to describe the, the tremendous losses she had in, in her life. So you want to work with somebody professional on big losses. Don't try and go, go and tap on your early childhood abuse or your, your psychological trauma. Uh, go work with a practitioner. Pick something simple. We've now worked with over 22,000 veterans at the Veteran Stress Solution for free. We've given them free treatment there over the last 15 years. And um, at the, the Veteran Stress Solution, we typically have them work on something manageable. Let's work on you getting frustrated when you were in line at the grocery store 
and you were an eight out of 10 in terms of anger at having to wait in line while this trainee clerk was so slow with the previous customers, you know, that's mm -hmm. manageable. We can deal with that. Let's work, let's work on you being annoyed when your colleague uh, took your best idea at work and told the boss it was her idea. Right. That's manageable. Let's work on your golf swing. Let's work on your um, your being triggered by your teenage daughter telling you she wants to get a tattoo. So we find things like that to work on with them, and then they tap, and then they start to release the pressure in the pressure cooker, and they start to understand, oh, it's possible. Like one, one veteran called Bob Culver, there was a documentary made of his life and other veterans doing tapping. And um, Bob initially did, was on a three-day tapping retreat. He said, I'll work with you on some of my Vietnam memories, but a lot of them are behind the wall. I'm not going there. I'm not going there, there at this retreat. I'm not going there ever. I do not remember those things. They are behind the wall. That was his trauma capsule. So we began tapping on small things that were bothering Bob, physical ailments he was dealing with and other minor issues. Within two days, he was going behind the wall. He was describing scenes of absolute disaster and mayhem in Vietnam and tapping. And he recognized his mind had figured out that was then and now is now. He was describing how many dead bodies he saw, what the condition they were in. I mean, he was able to talk about all that while he was tapping and remain totally calm. So you want to start small, go see a practitioner. We have um, we have over 500 practitioners on our website, EFT Universe. We have an app called Stress Solution. You can use Nick Ortner's app called the Tapping Solution. On our Stress Solution app, though, that's not like Tapping Solution, Nick Ortner's app. Stress Solution app is with live practitioners. You literally are eyeball to eyeball in a real-time Zoom therapy session with a trained stress reduction expert who's been certified by our organization to American Psychological Association standards. So you know you're tapping with somebody there who knows knows their stuff. So you're going to go on the Stress Solution app, work with somebody for all, all those big things. For the paper cut, <laughs> tap yourself for the rape explosion war combat losses death work with a professional and so tell us about the veteran solution what is you said that, that that's a free program yes yeah, free programs it's at stresssolution.org so the app is also called stress solution you can download the app from the app store stress solution app but stresssolution.org is for veterans free sessions, and we give people EFT. We also have other evidence-based techniques like heart math, like uh, certain kinds of coaching or evidence-based. We make that group of practices available to veterans at the Stress Solution app. And again, these are one-on-one -on -one sessions with you and a professional therapist or a life coach. That's wonderful. So Dr. George, how did you get into like, how did you get into um, doing all of this? Because are you a veteran yourself? I got into it because I had childhood PTSD and I wasn't you know, physically injured as a child, but my family moved a lot. We had, you know, there's a lot of beating, a lot of really random violence. Um, and we were in some violent parts of the world. My father was a missionary. And so I, I was just miserable and suicidal as a, as a teenager. I didn't, didn't want to be here. Um, I, I just hated life. And so I joined a, an ashram, a spiritual community when I was 15 years old. And I try to 
meditate and learn the world's great spiritual traditions over the course of the next 10 or 15 years and tried spirituality. It worked a little bit. Tried psychology, it worked a little bit. But when I tried energy therapies, it really shifted me. And when I combined energy therapies like tapping with meditation, it just changed my whole life. And I became a super happy human being. I found all the the things that held me back that I thought I could never change just began to crumble. And all the potential I had, like just for example, um, I was in book publishing at the time and I was facilitating people publishing their books. I thought I had nothing to say. And then once I tapped away my limitations, I realized I do have something to say. And I wrote this award-winning best-selling book called The Genie in Your Genes about the effect on our genome of us using techniques like meditation, tapping, and other body-based therapies, showing that our genes change. We're changing dozens of genes, sometimes hundreds of genes, just by reducing our stress and energy therapies. So I got into this myself to alleviate my own distress. And now I, I'm just passionate, Autumn. I don't want people to suffer. And now what, what motivates me is I see people telling me they're old, life stories of suffering they're true but they're a mask and they're the mask we think we are and if we drop that old mask of suffering then we get to be the people where where we came here we, we were born to be which is glorious creative amazing beings like i, I was at, i was presenting at a psychiatry conference in toronto a few months back the american academy of child and pediatric psychiatry and um i was walking around toronto while i was doing that and taking little walks and breaks in the conference. And there was a, a little boy about four years old holding his grandma's hand, walking up some steps near the Rogers Tower, this huge big tower in downtown Toronto. And uh, this little boy jumped up on one step and said, one, jumped up a second step and said, two, jumped up a third step and said, three, four, five. Now this is about as high as he could count. But here he was just walking up a step and screaming with joy and delight. So what happens between you and me being yeah. like that at three, four, five? Yes. And us being shut down and telling us other people the sad story of our lives at 25 or 35 or 45. It yes. needn't be that way. And our job as adults is, I mean, we couldn't help it back then if we were abused or neglected. We sure could help ourselves now with these therapies. And our job as adults is to go back and heal ourselves. Mm. It's so powerful because I talk about it all the time. I talk about exactly that thing. What, what happened <laughs> when we were this child, like, you know, we were so close to source and we were just so, you know, <laughs> natural and, and, and unlimited. We were so unlimited. And then it's like all of a sudden, I don't know, we hit our teenage years and then we, we just develop limitations that dictate our lives. Such a good point. Yeah. And so, and so your job as an adult, if you're 25 years now, old, old now, if you're 95 years old now, is you now have resources you did not have it for, mm -hmm. and it's three and two, and you have knowledge, you can download the free EFT mini manual, you can download free meditations, you can go on the Tapping Solution app, you can go on the Stress Solution app and work with a practitioner live, you can read books, you can take classes, and you then have the job of going back and reparenting that four-year-old with your current resources. And it's powerful. You go back and help that little four-year-old and that five-year-old heal, and then you get to live that healed life. So that's the work, the psychological work of adulthood.
you you go, I want to go back to something you said. So you said um, that when you started working with energy healing modalities, is that's when your life changed. What would you be willing to tell us? Do you remember like the moment or, um, and maybe it wasn't a moment, but would you be able to tell us like what happened to you? That was like your aha moment. Like, oh my goodness, I have got to do <laughs> It was actually fairly prosaic. I was sitting in, I tell the story in, in my book, Mind to Matter. And I was sitting in a, a cafe with a life coach, a Mexican restaurant. And um, I was 45 years old. I was really overwhelmed. And I had two businesses. One of them was going really well and taking them a lot of time. One was going down the tubes and taking them a lot of time. And um, I also had two small kids. I was a single dad. So my kids took up a lot of my time and attention. I love being with my kids. And I, I spent as much time as, as I could. But with the businesses and the kids and everything, I was just, I was drinking too much alcohol. I was eating too much food. I was, uh, I was overweight. I was not very happy. And so the life coach said to me, Dawson. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm hope you're enjoying it and getting some good stuff, mind shifting things from this. I just wanted to remind you super quick that if we are not hanging out on social media, we should be. You should come hang out with me. Um, I am the Autumn Clifford on Instagram. I'm Autumn Clifford on TikTok. And I have a Facebook group called She's an Asset. Love to have you there. Love to hang out with you and get to know you. Thank you so much for supporting my show. Let's continue. Are you meditating daily? And I just exploded in frustration. I said, I don't have time to meditate daily. And Autumn as I said those words, you know how in cartoons there's a, a bubble that comes out of the character's mouth and there's a big circle there. And I just sat there in my chair at the Mexican restaurant looking at this bubble of words in front of me saying, I don't have time to meditate daily. And I realized that's exactly what I needed to do. So the very next morning, I set my alarm. My, my kids had to be at school. We had to leave at 7.30. So we had to get up at 6.30. So I had to get up really early to meditate, like 5.45. But I set my alarm and I did it that first day. Badly. I was, I was a shit meditator. I was a terrible meditator. I've always been a terrible meditator. Now, after 50 years of learning meditation, I'm still a shit meditator. But mm -hmm. I do it every day and it's made me way, way happier. So I did my shit meditation the first day. And then the second day, 5.45, the alarm rings. I've been up till 11 o'clock the night before, I think. No way, I'm just gonna hit the snooze button. And I didn't. Mm. And I meditated the second day and the third day and the fourth day and the fifth day. And within a few weeks, I noticed my relationship with my children becoming better. I became less stressed my whole financial situation began to shift, not dramatically at first, but, but, but it got, got better. I began to be less attracted. I was into, I was dating back then. I hadn't met my wife yet. I uh, became less attracted to, to exciting toxic people <laughs> and more excited to, more, more attracted to unexciting nice people. <laughs> less drama, more sweetness. And in my health got better, all these things began to change. So you may not feel it dramatically the first little while. 
the first few days or weeks or months, but I can I can recommend you look around you after the first like even month of meditation, you're likely to see things happening in your health, your money, your relationships, all those outer factors. So that was that was a very ordinary time for me. But what I did was I meditated consistently every single day. And that's what I try and get people to do nowadays. If I'm at a big conference, like I was at that psychiatry conference, I at the end of my presentation, I said to everyone there, I'm going to ask everyone in the audience to meditate every day. Raise your hand if you'll do that. And all the psychiatrists in that room raised their hands. So I, I have people make that same commitment I do. If you do that, it has the potential to change everything. And I recommend that anyone listening to us now, just download the simple meditations I have online. They're all over the place. Just type in my name in meditation. You'll get like 36,000 links of people who have these free meditations for you. Download them and start being consistent with them every day. And start meditating. What, the biggest, it's so funny because I love that you talk about your resistance because that's that the, I don't have time to meditate every day. Just that is a lot of my clients. That's a lot of my, you know, my listeners, a lot of people, myself included. I just don't have time to meditate, but it's actually almost like a paradox, right? It's like, if you don't have time, like you said, if you don't have time to clear your head, like what do you actually have time for? Absolutely. Well, I'll give you one, one reason that will just take away that argument right away. So I spent 20 years roughly researching PTSD. And I have a big research career. If you go into the US government database and uh, research and type in my name, you'll see dozens of studies I've been involved in, mostly to do with PTSD. But then after a while, I began to think, you know, it's not enough just to clear away all the trauma. What about elevated states? So I began to measure happiness. Then I began to measure flow states. Then I began to measure getting in touch with your higher power. And we're about to publish a landmark study of people who do this. They've taken a course I have called the 21-day walk with your higher power. They're now moving into connection with something greater than themselves. They're meditating. They're connecting with the universe. They're allowing all the compassion and love and, and joy in the universe to flood into their, their awareness. And they're doing that regularly. We find that people who do this, and again, this is 21 days. Not This isn't doing it for five years. This is 21 days. In 21 days, we're measuring their productivity at work, in their family, doing their shopping, doing their lives. How productive are you? Their productivity goes up 20% wow. in 21 days. That, that's like getting one extra day a week. After mm -hmm. six months on follow-up, their productivity is up even more, 26%. So you're literally becoming a more productive human being as well as a happier one. So that, that, that argument about not having time, you don't have time not to meditate. <laughs> Dr. Church, what is that? What is, can you tell us about your course? Because now I'm like really curious. Tell What is the course that these people are doing that you have? Yeah, it's called the 21-Day Walk with Your Higher Power. And we offer it usually twice a year. And people start the course. We, it's really inexpensive. It's on our website. But we just want to get people into the course, get them meditating. We usually have several hundred people in the course. And so we'll bring them into the course. And we'll teach them a few things. We will teach them to tap. Because when you start to hook up with your higher power, now, uh, this is a field of research called relational spirituality. 
And there's a lot of research on this going back to the 1990s and how it affects your genome. And when you are in relationship to the universe, relationship to the all that is, relationship to a higher power, whatever you call it, I mean, some people call it God, some people call it by whatever name or religion, uh, taught them some people can't stand religion and call it the universe. If they're an atheist or an agnostic, they may just call it something you know, higher than me. Whatever you call it, it doesn't really matter what your spiritual or religious beliefs are, but when you plug into that, that's called relational spirituality. Then we turbocharge it because research shows when you turbocharge an, an emotion and you make it much stronger. So we aren't just sitting there like meditations for me aren't just sitting there like being quiet and feeling peaceful. They're passionate. And so you read the work of Rumi, Rumi, the passionate poet. You read the, the, the writings of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. And read Hildegard of Bingen about a bright light from heaven penetrating her body and filling her with love and light. These people, these mystics, I mean, they are cooking with gas. They are so passionate, they their bodies can hardly contain it. And so we want to get people into that relational spirituality, that passionate connection with a higher power, and then you're never alone, you're never lonely. You you go on a trip, you're alone in your car, you don't listen to the radio, you just tune into your higher power. You're meditating in the morning, you get quiet, you plug into infinity, you plug into the all that is, and you then start to get ideas. Albert Einstein said that every great scientific discovery has been made in an altered state. Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, said, he called it his invisible council of all of these beings that are there in that level of reality. He would download their wisdom. He wrote Think and Grow Rich from that perspective. So all these sages from you know going, going back through the ages have told us that there is wisdom, there's love, there's joy at those levels of being. And when we plug in and have that relational spirituality, in this case, 21 days, and the meditations are very brief in the course. They're only about... 50 minutes each a day. So you don't spend a lot of time every day, but you read the stories of people who've been through the higher power course and they are on fire. Their lives have changed in 21 days. And our research is showing they have dramatic drops, drops in anxiety and depression, a massive increase in happiness, their level of self-transcendence, of getting out of their own little miserable story and into the story of the cosmos. They are in these self-transcendent states every day and then in our newest research, we, we're just publishing now, their productivity goes through the roof, 20% in 21 days. So it changes your outside world, but you're, it's all coming from that change that's happened in your inner world. You, you, How many books have you written? <laughs> I think, you know, I've written some pretty uh, minor books, EFT for fibromyalgia, EFT for back pain, EFT for PTSD. And I've written three major bestsellers. One is The Genie in Your Genes. One is called Mind to Matter, about how our minds affect material reality. And the third is Bliss Brain. So those are the ones I'm most known for. Because right, I want to talk to you about them because they are very fascinating to me. So one of the things that you talk about, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about the Mind to Matter book. Tell me about it. What is it about? If somebody doesn't know, tell them what it's about. Well, I became intrigued by the whole idea of how our minds create external reality. And I didn't believe it at first. I wasn't, didn't come to this as a believer. I came as a scientist. I said, 
all this mumbo jumbo about your mind creates your reality. Is that true? How true is it? Can we quantify how true it is? Now, there's a lot of evidence for your mind creating your internal physical reality. Obviously, if I have a stressful thought, a stressful emotion, I drive the production of cortisol. So I have a thought, oh, I have a stuffed inbox and, a, and an overwhelming schedule, stressful thought, my HPA axis turns on and my body translates that into a hormone, cortisol, and a neurotransmitter, adrenaline or norepinephrine. Yeah. So now I've used a thought to create a molecule in my body. And if you use thought, stress thought, to make lots of cortisol every day, what happens over time is osteoporosis, reduced muscle mass, reduced bone density, reduced memory and learning, decreased immunity, a calcification of the brain's learning memory centers, a ton of bad stuff happens if you're using your thoughts to create cortisol molecules every day. If instead you meditate, breathe, fill your heart with love and your mind with well-being and, and read all these words on the, on the poster behind me and make those part of your life, then you reduce your cortisol. Now, again, you've only done used thought to do this. You've just used thought and you've used a practice meditation and you decrease your cortisol. You then have a rise in DHEA and DHEA also made by the same glands that make cortisol. It's your main youthening and cell repair hormone. Now you're repairing your cells. You start to get younger. You start to feel better. So you're now making molecules inside your body purely by thought. And that's, again, a pretty obvious thing. But what's really cool is the research showing how you affect the world around you. And uh, one set of studies was done in the 1960s at uh, McGill University in Toronto by a brilliant guy called Bernard Grad. And he had healers hold water. He'd have them hold and bless vials of water and he then used that water to water plants and compared it to, to plants watered with unblessed water. And the plants watered with the blessed water grew much higher and much faster. In very recent experiments that replicated Grad's research, they have more chlorophyll in them as well. So really healthy plants just being affected by the water molecule. And then other researchers much later on developed technology to measure what was going on with the water. Mm. How is the water being affected? And it turns out that the actual H2O molecule is changing. It's a highly stable molecule. It's always H2O. It always has the same molecular angle, whether it's in ice form or solid form or in liquid form or gas or steam. Whichever way water is, it's always H2O, always has the same bonding molecule between the oxygen and hydrogen atoms, except when I do this. If I do this, it literally changes the bonding angle of the water that is blessed. So we are literally changing molecules around us in the outside world. And there's evidence that human uh, intention affects gravity. It affects electromagnetism. It affects the strong and weak nuclear forces. And that list is the four forces of physics. Those are the four fundamental forces of the physical universe. They are all affected by the fifth force, which is what you and I have processing here in our brains behind between our ears and in the fields around us, our consciousness. Our consciousness is literally affecting the laws of physics and the physical world 
around us. And the I, I lay out all the evidence step by step, study by study in that book, Mind to Matter. It's absolutely fascinating. And like as you're talking, the one thing that I just keep saying to my head is, for me, it's fascinating to see a researcher, somebody who's very science-based, really kind of step into the world of, you know, spirituality. It's just not that common. <laughs> so so it, it's, and it's nice to see, and you also bring your evidence-based techniques into this, which is, which is nice. Now, what is your, you talked about, can you tell me you, the other book, Something Genie? Yeah, so the, the first book I wrote in 2005, The Genie in Your Genes, yeah. and it was the first book to, I, I, I was the first person to really realize that our emotions and our spiritual experiences were triggering the expression of genes. For example, in um, uh, to make that cortisol, you have to trigger the activation of several genes. And so our spiritual experiences, which are lowering cortisol, are triggering those genes. And the gene in your genes presents the evidence for how that happens. And that's what I did in that, that very first book. And we, you know, we think of our genes as being fixed. Our genes are just, just the way they are. It's all in my genes. Only about 15% of the genome is fixed. Things like eye color and height, those are our fixed genes. 85% of your genome is malleable and changes. And a lot of those changes are triggered by thought, by feeling, by experience. Wow. And then tell us about the third book, the third best-selling book. Well, the third book happened after I had a series of shattering events in my life after I wrote Mind to Matter. So I wrote Mind to Matter. It was in the uh, up in the cloud in, in, a, in a Google Doc. And then my house burned down and oh it was really dramatic. Uh, it was one of, one of these wildfires that sweeps through Northern California. And my wife woke me up at 12.45 a.m. I looked at the clock, saw what time it was, looked out the window, ran outside, and there was a wildfire just sweeping down toward our house. And we just literally threw on clothes, grabbed our car keys. And as we drove out, the branches above our head were bursting into flame. It was it was it was a hellscape with 80 mile an hour winds and all this ash and just being blown into the car against the car. The car was all pockmarked by all the ash. Uh, noisy, exploding fuel tanks, exploding propane tanks. As houses were exploding in the flames all around us, and we we barely got out. And a lot of our, I mean, a lot of neighbors who actually died in the fire, and five thousand homes were were destroyed. So it was a one night, just this totally shattering experience for our our whole community. And um, so suddenly there I was, no house, no clothes, and I we had a very difficult time, very difficult few days, very difficult few months and years, but we meditated. And a few months after the, after the fire, I was sitting in, in our rented new house. We, we were renting. I was sitting there meditating in the morning as I always did. And I realized every night, even, even the day after the fire, I meditated and I was in ecstasy. And then the next week, and then the next week, and now it was a few months later. And I was thinking, how can it be when People are in trauma all around me and our whole community has been wiped out. I lost my office. I lost my livelihood. How can I just be feeling in this peak state every single day in meditation? So I did some research and discovered the, the evidence around the neurotransmitter anandamide. 
And ananda is the Sanskrit word for bliss. And anandamide has the same chemical structure as THC, the active ingredient in marijuana. So when you meditate deeply, you release floods of anandamide, this bliss molecule in your brain and floods of dopamine, which has which is involved in the pleasure and reward, reward centers that are active in heroin and cocaine use. It unlocks a lot of serotonin and like psilocybin, magic mushrooms is basically artificial external serotonin. So here we're having these floods of these neurochemicals, natural neurochemicals in deep meditation that, um, that are just like ayahuasca, serotonin, uh, psilocybin, dopamine, like cocaine and heroin, anandamide like THC, and you're just in bliss. You're, you're meditating and you're just going into the state of absolute stoned bliss. <laughs> and wow. you then read the poetry of Rumi and you realize, oh, that's why his poetry is like that. You read the, the work of St. Francis of Assisi and you read the work of St. Clair and, and Hildegard. And you realize all of these people, they were just completely stoned on these neurotransmitters. So I thought I got to write a book about this. Let's call it Bliss Brain. And I did. So that's where that book came from. Amazing. And I'm so sorry about that wildfire. That's awful. But I love, I love, I mean, I do love the story of it. Probably the, I'm, I'm sure experiencing it was devastating, but I do love like where that book comes from. And, um, and thank you for that because there's a lot of people listening who have experienced such awful situations. And I just think for them to understand that they could, they can, they can take that awful situation and they can, like you said, meditate, EFT tap, do some things, transform the energy and transform their minds so they can have a different experience. So thank yeah, you. Well, you know, the, the, the evidence actually shows Autumn that two thirds of people who go through trauma experience PTS G, post-traumatic growth, mm. and that they do not collapse, that they find resilience. About a third of people spiral down into anxiety, depression, hypervigilance, all of those, those accelerating symptoms and PTSD. That's a third of people. Two-thirds of people don't. And so uh, the role of, of trauma in helping us grow is underappreciated. There's a whole branch of science emerging now showing how trauma can not only lead to resilience, it can actually accelerate our, our spiritual growth. So chapter seven of, of the book is all about post-traumatic growth, how despite all the, that, that trauma, we were able to use it for post-traumatic growth, how you can do it as well, because each chapter ends with a meditation and how you can apply that principle in your own life in that meditation. So uh, th those things that so messed you up as a human being actually can become the fuel for inner transformation. Amazing. Now, Dr. Church, where can people find you? On the web, the best place to go is just my name, Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N, gift, G-I-F-T, gift.com. And they can get a free download of the EFT tapping mini manual and also of the free meditation I recommend people do every day. So those two things are there at that DawsonGift.com website. But you also get access there to all of our certified practitioners. We have classes, we have certification program, we have a lot of online resources, tons of over a thousand pages of free content there. It's a fantastic site, but it's all at DawsonGift.com. And then remind us of what the app is that they can download of yours. 
It's called Stress Solution. And you can get a link through, through the website, Dawson Gift, to the app, or just go on the App Store, type in the word stress. It'll be the first thing that pops up and download that. And that's where you work one-on-one -on -one with a live practitioner. You literally are there working with somebody and they're tapping, they're trained to work with trauma and they are able to do remarkable things. Like one lady recently, she was trying to quit vaping. She quit smoking, but for two or three years she'd been vaping. She, she could feel it was bad for her health and she wanted to fix it. So she went on Stress Solution, downloaded the app, went on there. Her very first session, did a 20 minute session on Stress Solution on vaping, finished the session, did some more tapping herself that day and the next day, never vaped again. Wow. So even those brief sessions can be very effective. Very powerful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out for here to talk with us. Is Before we get off, what would you like to leave or is there anything that you would like to leave our first responders with? This is inspiring to know that healing is possible and it requires you taking the next step. And the next step is setting your alarm for tomorrow morning and waking up and meditating. So make that commitment to yourself, self-love, to practice these things. We hear about meditation. We know tapping is effective. So just grab the tapping manual, have it handy, tap when you're stressed, and start that meditation practice. Be completely consistent with it. Don't let a day go by without starting your day with that positive frame. Love yourself enough to help yourself with this transformative process. It takes consistency. It only takes that short while every morning to move yourself in this way. So what I rec recommend you do is set your alarm right now for tomorrow morning, download the meditation right after the program here, and then start the day that way. And don't let anything get in the way of your well-being. You are so worth it. You're worth being like that little boy jumping up those steps saying, one, two, three, four, five, your life can be that way every day. Why settle for less? I love it so much. You heard it here, you guys. You have no excuses. Set the alarm, meditate, download the app. You're going to be able to look in the notes. If you look in the show notes right now, you'll be able to find um, Dr. Church's, his website and all of the resources he left us with. Dr. Church, it's been an absolute pleasure. Everybody else, We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the She's an Asset podcast. If you wouldn't mind, could you please share this out? The only way we grow and I can get this out to as many people as possible is with your help. So we're kind of in this together. And the good thing is, is I know you have my back. So uh, I want to say thank you and ask for you to share the show. And if we're not hanging out in the socials, I hope that you'll come and hang out with me. I'm Autumn Clifford pretty much everywhere. Thank you so much. See you next time.